Hello guys, welcome to Thanks for Asking. It's your host Doris and welcome to the first episode of the new year. Hope everyone had a very good celebration. I mean, for me it was, you know, I was home nursing COVID. Hmm. <laughs> Speaking of COVID, you guys, I had the worst experience with that disease. You know, I felt like, oh my God, I'm so lucky. I've never had COVID. I was fully vaxxed. I need to say double vaxxed or how, however you want to say and you know i've just never even had any kind of symptoms at all that would make me suspect that i had covid so when i came down with covid in december just you know around a week to christmas i was like oh my god my christmas might be ruined because i had every single symptom in the book you know i had it like you know it was crazy i mean the sore throat the headaches the the migraines the pain the aches the fatigue and one thing I noticed was that people were really dismissive of COVID because, oh my God, there's COVID in the air, there's malaria, there is Omicron. Everyone was like, ah, this one is small now compared to how it used to be. This is mild symptoms, mild symptoms. I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about mild symptoms? You know, COVID is very personal. My experience was so horrible. I am so grateful to my friends and my family because the amount of love I received that period, oh my God. Like, some people were like, no, freaking hell, no matter if you're in quarantine or not, I'm still going to show up. They brought food, they brought drinks, they brought different things. They were just checking on me around the clock, you guys. I really, really, really appreciate it. Like, I don't know how to make you guys understand how bad it was. In fact, I'm going to play a voice note I sent to somebody that period. So you guys understand my state of mind and how it was crazy for me. This thing is actually just showing me so much. I have a lot of growing up to do and I really just know that nobody can really understand what you're going through but yourself, you know. All of today, I've just been fielding off some very funny remarks like, you know, like what you just tried to do now, take malaria medicine, like the same COVID that has killed people in our very presence, like people are battling COVID, everybody doesn't have the same fucking symptoms, some people say their symptoms are mild, some people's symptoms are crazy, they end up in the hospital, they have drips, everything connected to them, I'm by myself at home, why am I measuring my oxygen, because this is a freaking respiratory um, disease. So it's not just a freaking passing joke. If for you, you were fine with it, you took malaria medicine and it was okay, or you drank ginger and whatever inside your house and that was fine. That is your own experience. Like, but how else do I tell, let people know how serious this shit, is, this shit is for me? I'm just tired of being so fucking strong. I'm trying my best to be as honest and as vulnerable as I can be. I'm saying it's not improving, but instead of saying, oh, sorry, it's like freaking, this is why it's not improving. Do this instead, do this instead. Like, Everyone is directing you, do this, do this, do that. What about? It's really, really, really sad. I feel so fucking helpless. And I feel very afraid as well. Because the symptoms keep changing. Every one hour, sometimes my body is so hot, the next minute I'm sweating. Is this same COVID that killed how many millions of people? Like, don't be dismissive about it. That's what I'm asking. I think I'm just gonna switch off my phone at this rate, like, because it's like, because people are surviving COVID, don't mean that people are not. To survive COVID, there is a process. It's actually a very fucking painful process. It's very freaking painful. If it wasn't painful for you, doesn't mean that it's not gonna be painful for someone else. Just empathy. Empathy is what I'm asking for from every fucking person. But it's as if nobody even freaking understands. You know what it is to be sick with something and be by yourself. How is it so hard for so? How is it so easy for some people to get it and so difficult for other people to get it? <sighs> Fucking hell. Yeah, so one thing I noticed was that, you know, people just never knew the right thing to say to somebody when they were sick, you know. Is it that you're saying things to you like, oh my God, don't worry, it's going to be fine. Just take malaria medicine and it's all right. Or do this or that. I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Like, so, I mean, 
we've talked about reading the room. I've talked, I think we all need to sort of brush up our skills on how to condole people, how to really care for someone when they are sick, how not to say anything if you don't have anything nice to say at all, you know, or just how to just call and listen. I mean, people that are sick, people that are, that are going through any kind of grief or pain just want someone to listen to them. You don't even have to have anything to say, you know, sometimes so that you don't go and say things that you're like, oh my God, I should never have said that. I mean, for instance, you guys, the day I got scoped my positive COVID results, someone, a friend of mine just messaged me and said, oh my God, that means your Christmas is ruined. And I was like, why would you say that? Like, that, is that the nicest thing you could have said? You know, Christmas is still one week away, but you're already pronouncing it ruined just because I came out with, I came back with COVID, you know? So, um, <laughs> it was a very, very terrible experience for me. But then, I mean, it took about, you know, five, six days of me taking my medication religiously. And then I started to feel better and, you know, started to get into the Christmas spirit. And eventually I had a very beautiful Christmas celebration. I mean, my friend came into town and then we started to try to do our own mini dirty December. <laughs> so if you ask me how dirty my December was on a scale of, you know, squeaky clean to like, I mean, extremely filthy, I would say mine was just a bit, you know, cloudy, you know, and then <laughs> when the water is cloudy or if it's a white bed sheets just have a few stains here and there like one stain here one stain there but you know you can't use it again you have to put it in the wash that's how my december was so it wasn't all bad but i mean covid could have ruined it but yeah i was able to sort of fight through it with all the love and support like i got that period i wasn't able to do a games night you mean after surviving covid you guys so you can understand that it wasn't all bad at the end of the day this is the second day of the year and I'm at home wearing my sweatshirt and my, my hot pants and recording a podcast. And I said to myself, this year I'm going to go out a lot. So yesterday I went out, I went to see a musical. Today I'm going out to see a play and I have drinks with a friend later. So you guys, if you see me outside this year, just know that I'm taking Jennifer's advice where she said, most importantly, be outside. <laughs> Jennifer, you're going to regret saying that thing to me this year because I'm going to be outside. Oh, I mean, I hope I have the budget and the funds for it. But aside that, I just want to have a lot of fun in Lagos this year and Nigeria and everywhere else. I want to travel. I just want to have fun. I want to get back my old groove. You know, yeah, 2022 is going to be that year where, you know, you look back and you'll be like, whoa, wow, that was a phenomenal year. I feel it in the air. Feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> That's a Beatles song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know the Beatles. I hope I got the song right. Yeah, I feel it in my fingers and my toes that this year is going to be a very great year for me. I think I've called this year the year of satisfaction. I just want to be content and satisfied. I don't want to want, I don't want to be lacking anything. I just want to have everything I need. I want to be able to provide for all my needs. And just not feel as if, oh, there's something that's left out, you know? So that's that's what I want to get out of this year. And I hope the same for everybody that's listening. You guys have been a phenomenal audience. Like, I mean, this podcast is only six months old. But the love, the reach, the the listens, the playbacks, the feedback, the the shares, it's just amazing. I don't know why you guys like it as much as you do, but I mean, I think I have an idea. <laughs> it's because I'm a cool cat. <laughs> But I'm very, extremely grateful for all the love and support, guys. I can't, I can't say it enough. I am extremely grateful. So without further ado, let's kick in. Let's get into the topic of the day. Okay? Okay, then. All right. So um, last year, towards Christmas, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I'm always listening to podcasts, you guys. I'm, I consume as much as I produce, which is a good thing because, I mean, there's so much out there. There's so much to learn. I learn the most from podcasts. So... There's this particular one I listen to. If you know Wondry, Wondry is a is a podcast platform. Um, I think it's the biggest 
global pl- podcast platform. They have so much content. So just the same way you can have a, what would I call it now? Like a Universal Studios or a Metro Goldwyn Mayer, one of the MGM Studios or whatever. So Wondry is like a similar for podcasts, right? And they have, you guys, if you haven't, go to your podcast app and go check them out, you know. I started to follow some of their podcasts. So I listened to this one called Dr. Death, right? Season three, actually, called Miracle Man. Hmm. You guys, and I want to talk a bit about it and just share my views on that. And also just talk about, you know, the bigger issue here, right? Because um, this is like when women, we get served breakfast all the time. <laughs> if you're Nigeria, you know what that means. Like when they say breakfast is served, tea or coffee, you know, you know that breakfast just means heartbreak. And... It's not a unique experience to Nigerian women. Every, every woman, in fact, every person in the world has experienced heartbreak one way or the other. So now it has become so normalized that when we see somebody crying after being hurt or whatever, we laugh and say, oh, I think they've served her breakfast or they served him breakfast. But in terms of the breakfast, there's breakfast and there's, I mean, some kind of breakfast here. Yeah? Okay, let's liken it to some, if you stay lodge in some kind of hotels where they don't really have breakfast, or maybe you didn't pay for breakfast, right? So there's nothing. Whereas from some other hotels, like they have a full spread. When you go downstairs for breakfast, you're like, oh my God, is it a face that we hosting the queen? That is how, that's the scale of <laughs> breakfast that you can be served. So you can have a very easy heartbreak. That it wasn't so much of a big deal. Maybe, you know, you guys just mutually separated. Or you could have a heartbreak where the person had lied and just, you know, he was married with children and hid out from you, all those kind of things. So that, that just shows you that there are different skills to the breakfast you can be served, right? So this particular one was a phenomenal, um, was in fact, I'm looking, I'm missing the word to use in describing how big it was. So I just want to talk about it and then I'll just, you know, talk about other stuff. So yeah, the story goes as this, right? This guy is a medical doctor, professional doctor. He's working in a very big institute somewhere in Sweden, you know? Yeah. So this, this, this medical doctor is renowned for, you know, he does some kind of work with the trachea, that's uh, the respiratory system. You know how we have our lungs, we have the trachea. So he found a way or he invented a method where you make plastic tracheas to replace those people that maybe have like congen- congenital issues where they weren't born with one that is functioning or maybe they had a sick or something and they lost the use of their trachea. So this guy was a very popular, very, very popular um, medical doctor and surgeon, you know, so he was, you know, implanting this, his plastic I call it plastic now because I don't know what else to do. Some kind of bioplastic shell that can exist in our bodies. He was plant- implanting it into people that needed that. And, it, you know, it, was, it looked like it was, you know how they say, groundbreaking research, groundbreaking invention and everything. So he did this work. Um, and, you, I mean, this lady is a journalist. So the lady that tells this story is a journalist in New York City. She was working for The Times, right? And she was assigned to cover this story because the guy was coming to America to come and perform this, his groundbreaking surgery on a little girl, right? This girl was born without the use of her lungs. So she had been connected to tubes her entire life and everything. And she was only given six years to leave. So it was, you know how Americans can be, oh my God, this guy is coming to come and do this surgery. Oh my God, there's so much, you know, media. There's a lot of, you know, what would I call it now? It was just everywhere in the news and she was assigned to do it. So that's how she met this guy for the first time. and. When she met him, they met at a cafe. She said the moment he walked in, he was so dashing. Oh, my God. Fine boys or fine men are a weakness. Let's just be honest about it. Like, sometimes you say personality over whatever, but if you see a fine man, you know, there's something it does to you, right? So she said, even though he was late, he stood them up for like 30 minutes. But the moment he showed up, she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Makes it all worth it. <laughs> so, yeah. 
she was very pleased to meet the guys, an Italian doctor. He had the Italian accent. You know how Italian men can just charm you? And this is these are the things we, we read in the books and we watch in the movies and all of that. So they have a reputation for being charming, right? So he, he charmed her and then immediately it wasn't like it was some kind of a love at first sight type of thing it was just that when she saw him he commanded that respect he was just very courteous i'm very sorry i'm late blah blah and she was going through a divorce at the time her ex-husband was um going to be had he was going through cancer and he had a few just a few more years to live so you know that kind of thing where you know it was a very trying time for her she had a daughter with her ex-husband and she just did not you know want to be in the dating scene and everything so she didn't even auto start dating him but, you know, they were working together and they were doing all this work together and working on the little girl. And eventually he did the surgery and the surgery was successful and she covered the story. So it was a, such a big deal. So he now says, oh, let's go and celebrate after the surgery. He was actually turning on the charm with her. It wasn't as if he wasn't trying, but she wasn't just giving him any kind of look. Because also the ethics of the profession of journalism means you cannot have any kind of relationship with your subject, you know. So she wasn't, you know, within the time when she was doing this work on this particular story she couldn't have anything to do with the man when the story was over he now started um you know talking to her her ex-husband had died at the time he was cremated so he was just there for her and everything he was just he was a huge support system and somehow somehow one thing led to another and she fell for him and then they started to date so he met her family she met his family she talks about how they would you know get on a motorcycle and just drive around town he was traveling with her taking her all around the world everything you know the entire works you know when you know when someone wants to date you and he's a medical successful surgeon he has the funds the time he has everything for it you know so this woman is in her mid 40s i'm saying it's not like she's one kind of a spring chicken that you know very naive so without giving anything away let me just tell the story the way it was told he was they were in love one year into the thing he now proposes to her that let them get married then he went he, he gave her this very huge ring oh my god like she was like whoa it was supposed to be like a diamond ring and everything and she was like oh my god her friends were like how did you get this lucky and everything and he says to her okay i live in different countries because he actually is a traveling surgeon because of this his um, patented technology. He goes around countries, you know, doing the surgeries for people that need it, and it's a very expensive surgery. So he said that he actually his actual office job or whatever is in Sweden. He's always in the U.S. doing um, surgeries. He lives in Paris as well. His home or the house he lives in is in Barcelona and all of that. So he was just traveling. He now said that he's a practicing Catholic and he's also divorced, right? She's also divorced as well. Um, that he would like them to get married in Italy. She was like, okay, well, well you're a Catholic. No Catholic church is not going to marry people that are, that are divorced, right? That's the law of the Catholic church. He was like, no, don't worry. I have this covered. And he promised her that he would go and talk to a few people that he knew within the church. He would pull some strings and make it happen. So she was like, oh, wow. You know how women can be now? She's like, ah, she was very glad to hear that, that uh -uh, he's going to, they will get married in the Catholic church. So her friends, he had met her friends though, and they said, uh-uh, this guy, because she likes to dance, he went and took dancing classes, started dancing. I think, I don't know how to describe how he did all the right things. So, he now told her also that he is a, sort of like a classified type of surgeon. He does a lot of work with presidents and everything because most of these people are dealing with health um, issues that they don't want the entire world to know. So, like, he's a private doctor for the Pope. He was even the one that did one kind of work on Pope John Paul II and everything so that he can... He, he, well, let him go to the let him go to Italy and go and talk to the Pope. That the Pope might be able to tell 
one of the other priests to you know, marry them, even though they are not, they are both divorced. I think this whole divorce thing, she be, uh, what's it called? Boris Johnson just went and got married in the Catholic Church, even though he's divorced. Like, I mean, the rules are changing every day. So, anyway, this guy now goes to Rome and comes, calls her on the phone and says, Guess what, babe? Guess what's happening? She's like, What's going on? He's like, The Pope has agreed to marry us himself. She's like, Oh my God. He's like, Papa, <laughs> Papa is going to be our, our wedding, our officiating minister. Oh my God. She said, Dancing, all her friends. She said, Calling her friends. Guess who's going to be wedding us? The Pope himself, everybody said they're buying tickets. Because imagine if you are as a destination wedding, all of us are going to Italy and the Pope is the one that is doing his wedding himself. I swear, even if I was the one, I would buy tickets. You know, so they all got their tickets, everybody, they booked out hotels, everyone was ready. She was not wondering, and I asked him, but why is the Pope? And I said that, but you know the truth is that Pope Francis, Pope Francis is very, what's the word now? He's very, um, he's radical in a sense. He's that, that, that guy that actually tries to challenge all the status quo. I mean, he, you see him, you know, he hobnobs with the gays, with people. So he, he has been doing this whole mass wedding things for people that are like, you know, rejected, whatever. So it made sense to have that. If Pope Francis says he wants to marry them, I mean, it's my personal doctor. He'll be able to do it and everything. So he did, she didn't pull any red flags. So he now said to her, don't leave all the wedding plans to me. Just take care of your own self. So buy your dresses, your clothes, your shoes, you know, hotels, everything. Invitations as well. You know, handle that. I'm going to be handling the Italy part because she had only been to Italy once or twice on a holiday. She had never really been properly to Italy. And he's Italian. So he started, what's the word? He was studying her the wedding chapel. He had booked it, the everything. So the plans for the day, the actual wedding plan was handled by him. What she had to do was just handle her own bits. So she went out. You know, she's also a successful journalist. So in this period, she went and bought like dresses. Each dress was like $20,000 because he told her she was going to have how many dances. You know, my God, you guys. Whew. So she bought like three dresses. She bought her wedding gown itself and everything. He now says to her also that after they get married, where are we going to live? Because you live in like four different cities. She said he has like five different phones. And my mind, I was like, Yahoo boy. It's like, why does he have five different phones? You know, but each phone is for a different place. So he's roaming this one. This is my Portuguese line. This is my Italian line. This is my Swedish line. This is my, you know, that's, those are the kind of stories that he was always spinning. But she now said, where are we going to live? He now said they will live in Barcelona. She's like, wow. My God, she had a daughter, like an 11 year old daughter. So she told her daughter that, see what's going on. You know, the daughter liked the guy a lot anyway. She's like, okay, so mom is going to remarry and we will have to move all the way to Spain. So he put the daughter in Spanish school. To, the girl started learning Spanish, you know. Then she quit her job. Even her manager, her people are asking her, you've been working here for 17 years. Why do you want to leave? She was like, she's time to have to leave that, you know, she's, she's love. She's going to move to Spain. She'll find another job there. And the guy has enough to support them anyway and everything. So that's how they quit their job. She quit her job. I'm sorry. Oh, you guys, this story. Anyway, wedding was approaching. Now wedding was approaching. She started asking him, um, where... Uh, send us what is the itinerary of the wedding day like what's the program you know what's the i was gonna call it agenda <laughs> i don't think that's what they call them on weddings in weddings they call them program maybe the program is where you list out you know who comes in at what time you know the wedding match the this the that the refreshments all those kind of things i mean photographs all of that so she was asking him for the program he now gave her the program and in the program he had listed like you know the bride walks in first dance and i said first dance with bill clinton she said ah, bill clinton I said, yes, so that those are part of the people that he's inviting. Should I say, please, who are who are gonna be at this wedding? She was like, Oh, these are my personal friends. Bill and Hillary Clinton will be coming for the wedding. 
Elton John is going to sing at our wedding. Hey, <laughs> God, you guys. The Obamas. Um, Vladimir Putin. <laughs> to make it believable, he had told her that he was some kind of a spy. So he does a lot of, you know, that kind of espionage kind of work where they go and treat people in their homes and in all these exclusive hospitals. So he has all these people that are going to come for the wedding. In fact, her first dance, one of the dances is with Bill Clinton. So that's when she said, the, the thing now became larger than life to her. She's like, oh my God. What am I going to do? She not told all her friends as well, her family, everybody now said that, you know, if you're planning to wear this kind of a normal dress, you now go out because now you know that it's going to be heavily photographed. It's going to be like a big celebrity wedding. You now started on steroids, started spending money or planning this thing. How did this scale now fall from her eyes? So she said one day she was in the office, just around, no, she had already quit her job. She was working from home and everything. She just got an email from one of her former subordinates in the office that said, the title of the email was The Pope. So she opened it and the email was saying that the Pope was going to be in South America on the same day of their wedding, you know. So, you know, the Pope has an itinerary now. So it was, you know how they say, the Pope to visit um, Ecuador on 5th June 2022. So she's like, ah, the Pope is going to Ecuador. Oh my God, the Pope is not going to be at my wedding anymore. You know that kind of thing. Oh my God. Anyway, why am I surprised? Pope always makes last minute plans and everything. She not told them, please call them and find out. Was this trip just planned or whatever? What are we going to do? She called her boyfriend. He's like, don't worry, don't worry. I'll, I'll fix it now. I'm going to go right down to Italy and go and talk to the Pope. How can he do this to us? <laughs> so she not believed though that whatever. Only for her, her secretary or whoever to call her back and say, this trip has been planned for at least a year, that the Pope has an itinerary that is set in stone. The Pope cannot tell you he's going to be in Italy wedding you, where he's going to be in Ecuador or where was it now, doing something else. So there has to be a, a problem somewhere. Find out, you know, she now called her boyfriend again. He was like, no, he's going to go to the, to the church and go and talk to the Pope. He now said, yeah, it's true that the Pope is not going to be around, but they found somebody else that's going to do it for them. She was like, oh, I have to tell everybody again that the Pope, most people have bought the tickets to come there because they wanted to be in the wedding when the Pope is officiating, you know, so it's going to be a lot of disappointment for a lot of people. But that was one of the first signs. Then she now said, okay, let me now just confirm everything else. Let's confirm the venue that the venue is going to still hold everything. She now started calling the venue, the place he told her they're going to do their reception. They said they have never heard of that name before, that there's no wedding going on on that date. Then I even asked her, would you like to make a reservation for that date? She's like, wait a minute. Are you having a laugh? Like, what do you mean? My wedding is on this date. See the date. This is the groom. This is the bride. They said nothing like that is happening in their chapel. Nothing like that is happening in their restaurant, in their hotel. So she now said, okay, something is going on here. She said, this guy is the biggest scam artist of the world. Or there's some kind of a, a misconception. But I'm not going to ask him again. I'm just going to go and do my own investigation. I mean, I'm an investigative journalist. This is what I do for a living. So how can I be caught in this kind of thing? So she now called him and he came over. She now asked him what's going on. This, this, this. He was like, there's nothing going on. That is, my love, you say, my love, why are you being like this? My love, I told you all of this. I, I want to marry you. I asked you to marry me. You are the best thing that ever happened to me. My love, stop being confused about this. Forget anything they are saying. This place is maybe because they don't speak English. So when you call them in English, they don't understand what you're saying. I'm going to travel back down to Italy and go and sort it out. So he now traveled to Italy again. She and her friends now said, okay, it's time for us to go and investigate this thing. They now all bought a ticket and went to Italy to go and find out what's going on. So they went to all the places, did all their research, found out that there was nothing planned. She said she actually even wore the dress and took some pictures in the places that were supposed to be her wedding. At that point, they knew that this, there's no wedding. Mind you, um, as this was going on, they now started investigating this doctor and found out that the technology that he was installing in people 
was a failed technology and everyone, all his patients were dying. They now started researching him, finding out that he was not doing the thing the right way. He had broken so many ethics of the medical profession. He did not do like the lab test. You're supposed to test on animals before you test on human beings. He skipped that stage and just went straight to human beings. So the thing will work for a long, for a little time. And then the thing will now start to kill the people, you know. So people were actually, oh, there's a particular girl that was so sad. She was in Turkey. He came there, did the, the surgery for her put the thing into her then she it became very bad so she was now reacting adversely to the thing she said she was getting her body was getting rotten even though she was still alive like she was smelling and everything this guy never came back to come and correct the surgery or anything until the girl died so even the people that worked with him or his team members and i started coming out to the media and talking about this guy is a fraud he's a fraud he's a fraud he's selling this is selling this is technology as the best thing but it's not really the best thing and everything so she went she now heard people calling him a fraud she's like okay is he actually further let me go and investigate when they were in Italy, from there, they now went to Spain. She said, let me go to Barcelona. She, he says he live, lives in Barcelona. She said the name, the address he gave her as his house. He doesn't live there. She now did some other research again, you know, so she now found the actual house. They now went there. They drove there in a rental car. They now bought some wine, put in a box. She and her friends, they said, let them go and surprise him. So she was waiting in the car. They now went to the house. Lo and behold, you guys, he's married with two children. He wasn't actually a single man. Had a nice house in Barcelona, but he wasn't a single man. Then I saw him with, you know, the woman was by the poolside with her children. He opened, answered the door. He was like, oh, what are you guys doing here? Don't forget that the lady herself was in the car. She didn't come out. So it was her friends. They're like, oh, we were in Barcelona for holiday. We wanted to just drop by your, your an early wedding gift for you. He was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. He was actually very shocked to see them. They now left. They I told her, their friend that, my God, you have been scammed. Majorly scammed. Whew. So you guys. How do we dissect this breakfast for Christ's sake? How, what length do people go to just be deceitful and to lie? I mean, this is a wealthy guy. So as much as he's a fraudulent doctor that was actually killing people with his brand of medicine and all of that. Why did he do this to this woman? Because he did not have to. Do you get what I mean? Like, what was the benefit? What was he going to get out of it? You know, so she went back and started picking up pieces of her life. She told her daughter that this guy is a scam and everything. You know, she asked him, called him, and then he started telling her that, sorry about everything, I can explain, it's not what it seems, I really, really love you, I thought I'll be able to leave my wife and come and be with you. She said, why did you tell me that there was a wedding? Why? Like, what was the point of it? Like, why did you actually tell me? What did you want to get out of it from me? Because these lies don't make any sense. Like, you told me you went to meet the Pope, so the Pope does not even know you. These people you told me were attending the wedding, the Obamas, Elton John, for Christ's sake, he was going to sing at our wedding. Turns out Elton John wasn't even going to be in that part of the world for another. I mean, everything was just a lie. You know, so this story, Sha, it actually shook me a bit because I know how people can lie. I've, you know, I've experienced it and it's very hurtful because someone can just, you know, out of the thin air, just weave a story, you know, just build a castle for you and just, you know, just make you feel as if everything is good, everything is perfect, whereas they are all lies. And it happens to the best of us. Like, I'm very wary of people always blaming the victim because most times, if you listen to this podcast, I listened to the, it was like six hours long. I mean, six different episodes. So you know what I mean? You can ask yourself, oh, she was dumb. Oh my God, how would you know? How would you think the Pope will come and do your wedding? Am I, you, you are a liar. You are a thief. You serve, you are a thief. <laughs> how can they tell you that Putin will attend your wedding or uh, Kim Jong-un will come for your wedding and you believe it? But you guys, these things can happen to anybody this woman was an investigative journalist for 17 years so in terms of you know 
cracking the code and finding the, the real truth behind the story. She's someone she's been doing it for years, but it was able to happen to her as well. So she was, when she was counting her losses, she was like, I had left my job. I had lost my credibility because it seemed as if, you no, know, even though she left, it was not her subject when she started dating him, but they still see it as, you know, why are you dating someone that you just worked on a story on? Now it turns out that the story you even worked on that turns out to be, oh my God, it's such a su- successful surgery. The little girl even died. So it wasn't, it wasn't in that case, it wasn't even a successful surgery. Then what else? You now tell your daughter, your little daughter, you made her, you know, like this man. They start thinking of changing school. She starts to take Spanish class. She told all her friends she's moving to Spain and then she's not moving to Spain. You get like, what about all the money that had been spent on tickets, on hotel bills, on people had bought outfits, people had sort of cleared off their work schedule to be able to attend the wedding. All of these were all lies. You know, she said she spent $50,000, $50,000, you guys, buying clothes and everything. She said, okay, maybe I'll go and sell the engagement diamond ring he gave me so that I can use it to get back some of my money. She went to the pawn shop. How much was the diamond? The ring was worth $500. It was a lie. It wasn't a diamond ring in any way. So that was also a lie. So this woman was burnt. Right now, I think she now does a lot of advocacy, helping victims of scammers, you know, to just heal and understand that it's not their fault, you know. It wasn't you. It was them. You know, these people are just narcissists. They're just liars. They get off on you know, weaving a lie around, just making people like them for, for who they, they, they aren't because they cannot even like themselves for who they are. So they, you know, make themselves be larger than life and all of that. So it's not really the fault of the victim. And that is something I want to really hamper on here. Hammer on, I mean. Do we hammer or hamper? At this point, I don't know. But I think the message is that it is not the fault of the victim because no matter how smart you are, you know, if you are trusting, if you go into it with your heart open, like, which is how we're supposed to be. You don't want to always just be careful. Oh my God, be careful, be careful. That's not a way to live. But I mean, the people that we are wrestling with, they're not flesh and blood. The, the, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Like someone can go out of their way to, to hurt another person. You saw her, you saw her quit her job. If you were actually living like you could have said, oh my God, please don't quit. Oh, you know what I mean? But you let her quit her job. Knowing what was at stake, you saw her start selling off her things because she was going to move. She found out this thing about a month to the wedding. So I understand that her life had already, her life in America was almost over. She was already planning for a life in Spain and all of this. And this guy kept quiet and continued to lie. So guys, um, this breakfast, yeah, <laughs> say last, last, everybody go chop up. We all know that we've experienced, you know, heartbreak one way or the other. I mean, but this particular story really shook me. And I just, I, I just feel like lessons I've learned from that is like, don't just be so trusting. I mean. You only have control over yourself. So, I, I mean, the woman, I'm sure she's done a lot of therapy, reflection and everything. But if I were to reflect on that story, I feel as if I'm not just going to trust something someone says to me just because they say it. So, I'm that person that your actions speak to me, speak more to me than your words. So, if you say we're going to go live in Barcelona, I want us to travel to Barcelona. Let's go and look at houses in Barcelona. You get what I mean? Let's see. Let me even go see where you live in. Because she had traveled everywhere to with this man. She had gone to every single country. He was spending money taking her around the world. Why haven't you taken me to the place we're going to go live in? You know, so like girls that end up mar- um, dating married men without actually knowing the guy was married. It's because he's never taken you to his house. So he'll probably take you to a place and say it's his house. But you can, you can feel that there's no, where are the pictures? Where is the, why is the wardrobe empty? Those are the kind of things. You have to just be 10 steps ahead. You have to just question every freaking thing. Now me, I just question everything. Because I know that people just lie. People just make up stories. So I question things like, why is this the way it is? If you tell me, oh, I'm sorry, I was supposed to do this. I was like, why didn't you apologize? Why did I have to ask you before you apologized? You get what I mean? 
So I suppose she could have, you know, done a lot more diligence by, you know, asking those questions. Why would the Pope wear those? You do a Google search. When was the last time the Pope wedded anybody? You know, why us, you know? And where is the chapel? In fact, I would say, let us go and greet the Pope ahead of time. That's the kind of thing I would do. I will carry wine. Okay, Pope does not drink wine. Or does he? I don't know. I will share, say, let us go and greet him. You know, even in Nigeria, if you want to invite someone for your wedding, husband and wife will go and be inviting people by themselves. I will go there. You tell me Hillary Clinton is coming. We'll go to their household to go and <laughs> physically give them the card and thank them for accepting to come to our wedding. I'm not just going to take your word for it, you know. So um, I think that's what it just says to everybody to question everything, right? And then do not be afraid to love again because that's another fear, you know. Love is a risk. You know, they say it all the time that you cannot, you cannot be too careful, you know, if that takes away all the fun from it. So as much as we hope that in 2022, nobody eats any kind of breakfast, nobody is giving any kind of shock out of their life. But, I mean, breakfast cannot be avoided. Um, you can only just make, the impact can also just be <laughs> better managed, you know. I mean, a liar is going to be a liar. But if you find out that he's a liar in two months, it's better than finding out he's a liar in two years. You get what I mean? So that's why I say just be very curious. Question everything if possible. And hopefully you get yourself out of any kind of situation that doesn't, you know, bring you peace of mind. You know, money is good. Most times they can use money to blind you, like all the gifts, all the travel, all the this, all the that. But ask the right questions, my my darling, because it can happen to anybody, you know. And this, how did the story end? Well, the guy was, I think he lost his license for practicing medicine when, you know, the, the case went to different kind of tribunals and all. And she has just continued her life. She has an Instagram page now where she's helping people that are, like I said, dealing with, with trauma from scam. And you guys know, this love scam is very common. Our people here also prey on, you know, women abroad, telling them they love them and then they fall in love with them, but they are just scammers. They are going for it. For, they're only there to take steal their money from them and everything. So do you think those women don't have any, it doesn't impact them? It does. Like these women, some of them take their own lives. Some of them never heal. They go through rounds and rounds of therapy. They do everything. They never heal. Some of them turn up in psychiatric homes just because of this love scam. So... I'm hoping that, you know, we get something from this story. As much as it was very funny. And I, and I was like, what kind of breakfast is this? Like, how? As, I, you guys, to be fair, I'm saying it now with a very serious face. But I, I can tell you that I laughed. I shall laugh. I wasn't laughing at the woman. I was laughing at the situation. Because I'm like, are you going to tell me that the queen is going to attend my wedding or Putin? Why? Who, would, who the hell am I? Like, why would they come? You know, so I, I, it was very crazy. But end of the day, it is what it is, right? Um, so thanks for listening to another episode of the pod. Um, hope you enjoyed this one. I would like to get your feedback. Like what kind of breakfast have you received? Or have you heard of it? Like what? You know, we heard this funny story sometimes when you'd be like, your girl went to visit her boyfriend and she saw high heeled shoes in his house and she asked him who owns these shoes. He's like, Oh, it's my own shoe. I used to use it when I want to change the bulb. Like, dude, you know, those kind of stupid stories. I, I mean, people just lie. And likewise with girls, <laughs> my friend was saying to me that girls are wicked in this Lagos, that you'll be talking to your girlfriend on the phone. You say, okay, good night, good night. She's telling you good night. She's wearing makeup because she's going out to go and meet somebody else. Like, I mean, just a lot of deceit in the air. Like, yeah, it shouldn't be that way, but it is what it is. So you guys, this is 365. So let's make it count, okay? Do not be a fool. No make, no nigga, take care for of, how do they say take you for full the way these jamo people say right just now who they cry they see though. actually they love make it they look cool because i think the devil has left hell and is now residing amongst us here yeah. so do not be a victim 
okay? Okie dokes. So thanks again for listening to the pod today. Um, you know what to do. Subscribe and leave a review. You can now leave a review on Spotify, by the way. So you guys, please you know, take advantage of that. Leave a review on Spotify and let us know how we're doing. Five stars only, okay? <laughs> All right, guys. So till next time, it's bye-bye from me. Bye.